Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is the very passionate Jill Valentine. Jill is a co-founder of the social enterprise Yugo Travel for Change and author of the book, Dare to be a Dandelion. She became a transformative travel and social impact coach following more than two decades of work and volunteering in the charity and nonprofit sector. Jill has led life-changing coaching programs around the world, helping her clients gain clarity, confidence, and a deeper sense of self while impacting local communities. She leverages the power of travel and volunteerism as tools for creating profound personal and social change. I absolutely love that. I am so thrilled to have her here to share her story today. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Kim. I am so glad to be here. So excited for our conversation. Wonderful. So tell me, you volunteered for a year in Uganda, and that sort of changed everything for you. Please tell us about that experience and the impact it had on your life. For sure. So I had a job. I left the job to go and spend uh, a year volunteering abroad. And I did that with a guy that I had just recently started dating. And that was that in and itself was life changing. We ended up engaged uh, while we were there. But more important, not more importantly, but also um, it was one of the best years for me personally and professionally. So I, um, I'm a disability sport advocate, and that was the skill and knowledge base that I took abroad. And I was working with incredible local groups and organizations. I ended up consulting for the National Paralympic Committee there. It was just hugely rewarding in so many ways. And the really pivotal point why that trip really changed my life is then I actually came home from it. Surprisingly, um, even though I was engaged and that was like amazing, I became really depressed and I really struggled with this coming home piece. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. I couldn't, I just couldn't within me go back to the same kind of work that I was doing, the nine to five. I just didn't feel like I was making the impact and using all of my skills. And so I decided to become a life coach. I took a coaching program and through that, I learned my values. I did so much self-discovery and so much of it was based on my time in Uganda. And the big epiphany was, all of my values existed in Uganda. I had community, I had adventure, I had a sense of purpose, like all the things I felt fulfilled. And none of that was present in my life in Toronto. And I was like, okay, I have two choices, go back to Uganda or create that for myself here, create and foster the values that are missing and why I'm so miserable. And that's actually what led me to create Yugo Travel for Change because the life coaching was so profound. The year of volunteering was so profound. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I put those two things together, like what a life-changing transformative experience and program that could be for other people. So yeah, it just, I, I feel like Jill 2.0 came from those two experiences together, the volunteering abroad and, you know, meshing that with life coaching that helped me to unpackage all of it and what it had meant to me and the learning and the growing that had happened. And I've been on an amazing entrepreneurial journey since then. I've developed the most incredible community, friendships and everything. And I just feel like an entirely different person from before, um, from the person I was before I went to Uganda. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that you said Jill 2.0. So this path that you've taken toward this fulfillment, so, you know, fulfilling personal life, fulfilling professional life, this is something that actually started for you right out of university, right? Where I know you had said when we talked before pressing record that you had sort of hopped around to many different jobs in search of that fulfillment. So tell me a little bit more about that, because I know some people or a lot of people, they would take the job that makes them the most money or take the job that happens to match up perfectly with their university degree or, you know, whatever it is that we, you know, that sort of is dictated to us by society or our parents or whatever, in terms of what we should do to be quote unquote successful. So tell me like how that process was for you in terms of, were you consciously sort of throwing that definition of success out the window or was it just something that you were feeling your way around? Like, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I love that question. And it was, it was to be honest, a little mix of both. Um, I got a, a BSc in psychology. So unless you're actually going to be a psychologist, it wasn't quite clear on what I was going to do with that. And, you know, you get out and you just need a job. And I actually ended up following my sister to work at CIBC World Markets as like an administrative assistant. And I did that. And it was like, just so clearly not the right space for me and place for me for so many reasons, like just my skills, my strengths, my talents, completely wasted. And it was just so not the world for me, the the corporate, the you know, very capitalist sort of society, hugely male dominated. It just was not right for me. And within no time, and when I'm sure I was there for maybe a year, I moved on and then I moved into the nonprofit sector in hopes of like, okay, I I just knew I was like, this isn't for me. I could care less about money and all those things. And I wanted to make a difference. So I joined the Heart and Stroke Foundation. And then I went backpacking around Europe and, and, you know, did different things. But even working in the nonprofit sector, I still wasn't feeling that sense that I was really making a difference, you know, and I jumped around even within that sector. You know, I worked for other major Canadian, you know, organizations. I worked for small organizations. I did event coordinating, fundraising. I still was just not feeling really happy and fulfilled. And then it reached a point where I was like, I can't keep doing these. Like I'm sitting at desk jobs in like, it's just sucking the life out of me. I'm like clock watching. It was really just sort of soul destroying. And I decided I was going to bartend and figure out what my next step was going to be. So I was always on this journey, like quitting jobs, trying to find the next one that was going to suddenly make me feel great. And while I was bartending, I was volunteering to try to figure out like, is there a, is there the right nonprofit for me? And I actually became a certified recreation therapist. I met one while volunteering and thought this could be the career for me. I did that. And then I graduated from that, actually went to Africa for a few months, which was amazing. Came back and then got a job that actually for the first time did feel fulfilling. I had a a boss that respected me. I was able to use many more of my skills. I wasn't trapped behind a desk. I started doing more of the community development, using you know, my personality and who I was. And after three years of that, I was in a car with the guy that I, we weren't quite dating yet, having this amazing conversation that led us to think like, let's go to, uh, you know, let's go abroad for a year and volunteer because I was like, I would quit my job and go back to Africa. And he's like, so would I. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. He's like, no, I'm serious too. Lo and behold, before we got to the campsite, 
we had decided that within six months we would travel abroad. And so I just felt like I was constantly on this journey. Like, nope, this job isn't making me happy. I'd leave eight months later. Nope, this job isn't making... And I would keep moving on. And then I was bartending, like doing all these things. So it was this kind of conscious decision. But I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, could you imagine if I'd like done my own program, like had a coach, volunteered, figured out who I was, what I was interested in, what my values and strengths were the clarity would have come so much sooner. But instead, it was this like, literally like decade plus period where I just went from job to job, not feeling fulfilled, not feeling excited, and this constant quest for more meaning, and ultimately more giving, because I knew that that was what was within me, I wanted to make an impact, I wanted to make a difference. And I was having trouble finding that in the jobs that I was doing. Yeah. Tell me, I know that there are definitely proven benefits of giving back. So tell me about your experience with your volunteerism and what that has meant to you, what that has given to you. Oh my gosh. It has given me so, so much. I mean, there's the super practical thing. Like I volunteered in a number of different capacities around event planning, things like that. Well, before I was an event planner. And based on that experience, I got my first event planning job. So just very practically, it, you know, volunteering is an amazing opportunity to try new things and, and, you know, hone in skills and and all of that kind of stuff. But on a bigger way, the people that I've met have been incredible, whether they're the people I've been serving or the people I volunteered with. It's an amazing opportunity to just network and connect with incredible souls. It makes you feel good. It, it just, there, I mean, it, literally, there are studies that talk about, you know, how it releases chemicals, how it helps you deepen your sense of gratitude. It helps alleviate stress. It can help improve mental health. I mean, as awful as it sounds, seeing people in, you know, unfortunate situations just makes you realize, you know, how grateful we should be and how privileged we are. And that's been a huge piece for me. I feel so privileged and and I, I live my life from such a place of gratitude now because I have been around the world and locally and just seen other people's situations and just thought, oh my gosh, I am in such a fortunate privileged situation and how can I, you know, use that for good? There are so, so many ways the the cultural connections that I've got to experience from volunteering and the skill awareness. So when we take groups of people, we do a lot of physical like laborous stuff. And when I was in the Philippines helping after Typhoon Haiyan, we were demolishing, you know, wrecked homes and clearing the land so that the owners could rebuild. And I was like using a sledgehammer to break up concrete walls. And like, I had no idea I had that physical strength within me. And it kind of just made me realize like, wow, I really am capable of so much. So there's so much growth that can happen in that kind of way. So much learning. I, I could go on and on about volunteering and the benefits, but it just, it makes you feel good. It connects you with amazing people. And I believe that one of the main things we should be doing as humans is just being kind and supporting one another. And it's a great way to do that. You know, if, if you're not sort of naturally doing that within your own neighborhood and within your own community, it's a formal way to be able to give back and improve the world. 
Yeah, I love that you touched on the fact that we can do it in our own communities. Like it's amazing when we can take these trips to other places, but we also can have such an impact locally. I've always been a big volunteer in our community and you're right. It just feels great. Um in terms of the many lessons that you've obviously taken from your experiences volunteering in general and abroad, what do you bring back and use in your everyday life when you come back from your trips? So I love that you asked that because that's actually one of the big themes of our programs is usually when we're abroad and we're volunteering, we feel amazing. We feel so many positive things. And then people come home and they're like, ah, like back to this life that I'm not happy. And, and one of our questions is always, what was there? What was present and what was happening that can you bring back and foster here? You know, some people are like, I felt more relaxed. I felt less responsibility. Um, I felt more connection. I felt more community. I had more advent- like, cool, foster that at home then if that's what you realized was so amazing when you were abroad. So, so many things I bring back each time. Sometimes it's a life lesson. Just, you know, when I was in Nepal with the group, we just had this incredible experience of oneness. We were working with local women farmers. It was a group of entrepreneurial women that I had brought over. And one of the the Nepalese women, after, you know, we had shared some of our stories of strife and hardship, said, I had no idea that people in the Western world struggled the way that we do. Like she legit didn't, you know, it it hadn't crossed her mind, you know, because I guess in their mind, we're all just living it up and everything's amazing. But when we had some of our women share some of their hardships, this eye opening, like, wow, we really do have so much in common and we really are all searching for the same things like sense of belonging, meaning, you know, like meaning something to others, like feeling that you like that you're worthy. And now as I go through the world, I see people from vastly different backgrounds and, and all sorts of different people. But I know that within them, we're all seeking those those same things. And it's, it's helped deepen my empathy. Um, my ability to just relate and connect with other people, understand how I can support others. So there's different nuggets that come from like every experience I've had abroad. Like I said, you know, personal growth, just to epiphanies, the people that we connect with, even the people that I have volunteered with, like whether it's our, our clients or other times when I've gone abroad, just the connections. I My Facebook feed is just full of the most incredible people that I've met and connected with from around the world. And it, it soothes my soul to just know there are such good people out there in the world, you know, that care about the world and are trying to make a difference and make an impact. Yeah, just there are so many things. Every time I go, I, I you know, take the time I travel very intentionally to reflect what is my purpose here? What am I learning and trying to figure out what those nuggets are? My trip to Scotland, it was all about really working on my patience. <laughs> so every time it's something different. What would you say is your favorite destination or maybe a favorite experience on one of your trips? What, what would be something that really sticks out for you that's made an impact? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. I know, um, that's a really hard question. <laughs> every Every trip, there's these incredible moments, but honestly... The most recent um, program we ran, our Courage Community Kilimanjaro program, it includes a week of volunteering with a local community in Arusha 
in helping Dear Women's Foundation. And then it includes a week of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro together. And I honestly think that for me, watching the growth and the coming together of the group that we brought was probably just one of the most beautiful and inspiring things I have ever witnessed. I I think everyone walked away going, I had no idea you could feel this close to other people after such a short period of time. And, you know, going up Kilimanjaro and watching them support each other, like literally physically, emotionally, just was so beautiful. And it, it and and I feel like had we just dropped out of there with these group of, you know, strangers, it would have been so different. But we had spent so much time volunteering, connecting with the local community, connecting with each other. We had done coaching, so done a lot of like deep dive, vulnerable work, and just the bonding and the the growth that I saw, people just getting to understand themselves better, have life-changing, you know, understandings about what life can be and the possibilities for their life. That to me is is some of the most amazing stuff that I, I get to witness in the work that I do. And then also seeing the community so excited about the perimeter wall that we built. We literally built a perimeter fence on a piece of land because that's what we were asked to do. And knowing that it was, you know, we planted some small little bushes and knowing that they were going to continue to grow and the amazing stuff that was going to now take place in this space. Um, and since then, we've seen photos of, you know, a little uh, building being built where they're creating like agriculture and they've got chickens and eggs and they're beginning to be able to feed some of the local community with the, the stuff that they've been doing on this land that we put a fence around. So that piece always just fills my soul knowing that we did make an impact in a community and that we helped them move along on their path. You know, we didn't come in and do anything crazy life-changing. We just accelerated the journey and the work that they were already doing. Um, But knowing that we could kind of come in and make it happen a little bit earlier is just so incredible. Yeah. I don't know if Uh, I even answered the question, but... Yeah. You know, and now, of course, I have five questions that have popped up during all of what you said. I'm curious. So obviously you do keep in touch with the communities that you've been in and that you've impacted, which is so beautiful. So how does that work? Like, how do you keep in touch with them? Do you plan to at some point maybe go back to some of the same places you've been to to continue work there? Or how do how do you decide sort of where to go next? I know that was three questions in one. but Yeah, no, I love it. Um, yes, the idea is to have sort of a long-term relationship. For example, we are going back actually to Tanzania. We're running the program, our Courage Community Kilimanjaro program. It was meant to be run in 2020 and then it was pushed to 2021. It's now been pushed to early 2022 because of COVID. And we're so excited to go back and then continue the work and to see the local community again. And how it works, it, it just really depends. I mean, there's so much. There's the business strategy end of things. You know, if we go really far abroad, it tends to be a longer program. Um, whereas our, you know, program that we ran in Costa Rica and Puerto Rico were only one week trips. So those are the kinds of things that we take into consideration when planning our, our year ahead and what needs are happening in those communities. So uh, with Costa Rica, we completed a storage shed for them. 
And at the moment, they don't have any great needs for any other, you know, building specifically. Whereas Maggie and the Women's Stair Foundation, we built a fence, but there is, she wants to ultimately build a, a shelter, a refuge for women dealing with domestic violence on the land. So we want to go back and say, okay, great. Can we, you know, do the foundation and then come back and continue to help? And in the meantime, we actually have a social good shop that we sell t-shirts from and we use that money to support the local communities, you know, when we're not there in person. So it's an ongoing, we keep very connected. We're not, as an organization, we're not possessive of our relationship, which can happen with some people that do travel abroad. I've, I've gone once in, with an organization and then they didn't want me to stay in touch with the local people because they were worried that I would just go back there directly and stay with them instead of going through their company. And I think that's just completely insane and wrong for so many reasons. So we encourage connection. So a lot of our clients are still in touch with Maggie, a lot of the women from the community, they keep in touch. And it's just this beautiful connection. They're part of our more community. There's just a lot of connection and and continuing checking in during the time that we're not going back. But our our desire is to continue the relationship. But one of our big things is we don't make promises we can't keep. Mm -hmm. So we don't say, oh my gosh, we're totally going to come back next year and do it because we don't know that. And so when we do know, that's when we commit and say, hey, we are going to come for a week. This is the plan. So many people get so excited when they are abroad about all the things that they're going to do. I'm going to go home and create a fundraising campaign for you. I'm going to go home and do all. And then they get home, get back to real life and, you know, it becomes a distant memory. So we are very intentional about what we do and how to best support them while we're there and when we're not. But yeah, it, it just really depends. Every year is different and who needs what. And also, where are the places that people are excited to visit? There's just a reality from a business perspective. Tanzania, lo- a lot of people are excited by that. People are excited by Kilimanjaro. We, we consider safety, you know, time of year, anything going on politically. There's so many things. Safety of our, our clients is, is obviously of the utmost importance when yeah. traveling. You must be so excited to finally get back out there in 2022. Big time both to Tanzania. And I also personally do a ton of work um, in Uganda because of my time there. Um, And I'm super excited to go back and and visit and do some more connecting and work there as well. So yeah, I am so excited to be back on the ground and bringing people for these life-changing experiences. Wonderful. Oh, I love it. So tell me, what is the life lesson that you'd like to share with other women to inspire them, to empower them? I think one of the biggest things is get to know yourself. I feel like that was what happened for me between Uganda and the life coaching. I came to know who I was, what I was all about, what I wanted, what I needed. I needed, I need adventure in my life. And that was a huge realization for me. I need to feel a deep sense of purpose. I need community and connection. Like, that was a huge thing for me. And I felt like the reason I kept leaping around is that I never really took the time to actually get to know who I was, what I wanted, what I was capable of, what my skill sets and strengths were. It helps so much with life. It helps with creating boundaries. It helps with relationships. 
It helps make you happy. It helps with decision making, knowing who you are and what you're about. And happy people make the world better. Happy people are the ones that tend to volunteer, tend to give back. Happy people tend not to be violent. So knowing yourself will bring more happiness and will help make the world a better place. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. So tell me, what is next for you other than Tanzania in 2022? What what excites you about the future? So, uh, I mean, travel right now, because we've gone through this huge period of not being able to travel. And like I said, adventure is high on my list. I, I did a, a test once and realized I was a adventure and my husband was a stabilizer. It's in me. I need novelty and newness. So super excited. I'm going to PEI in a couple of weeks. I actually have another great big trip to Greenland coming up with a large group of entrepreneurs for some adventure, masterminding. So excited for that. And some exciting other things are happening. We rebranded our community to the more community. And I'm super excited to just elevate that um, really just invigorate it and, and continue to connect inspiring change makers and people just looking for more out of life. And then, yeah, Courage Community Kilimanjaro. Cannot wait for that to happen. And we have some programs in Ecuador that we are in the middle of finalizing. And I'm super excited because that's a totally new place for me. So I'm, I'm really excited to go there, hit up the Amazon. Yeah. So there's all sorts of exciting things. But it's funny. I love the travel, but it's the people. It's the go. It's the knowing that I'm going to be going with amazing people. Knowing that you know the clients when I, when you know people apply and we connect. It's like I want people that I know I can be friends with. And so when I'm there, it's just the most amazing thing with the most amazing people. And I think that's the part that excites me the most. And just getting to connect with them and help them grow and discover themselves and make a difference in the world. Yes. Oh, it's those connections that, you know, in a way, it, we, I guess in the last year and a bit, we've been a bit disconnected in a way, but we found new ways to connect, right? Virtually, which is great because then we we were able to connect that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to that in-person deep connection, that's going to feel amazing. So tell me, are you ready for the final five? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so these are the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the first one is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? It would be to be able to invoke happiness and a sense of gratitude within people. Being able to do that, like just meet someone and instantly have them feel deep, deep happiness within them and gratitude, I think would change the world. Like I said before, happy people are not violent people, they're givers. And I think that would change the world. I think it would, you know, eliminate a lot of war and poverty. Um, it would inspire people to be bigger givers. You know, when you have enough, when you feel good, you feel like you, your cup is full. That's when you're able to feel like, oh, I can give to others now. So if I could go and inspire and bring out people feeling really happy and a deep sense of gratitude, that I think would be a pretty awesome superpower. Yes, I totally agree. When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? a doctor. I always had that like desire to help. And, you know, you just don't know all the things there are in the world, all the different possibilities. Um, And a doctor was one of the very obvious ones that was a big helper. That being said, I have very little interest in the human body on a cellular level and all of that. I did do science in university for a year and thought about that. And then I had that big realization, like, 
I'm more about the interactions, the connecting, the psychology, that piece. But yeah, doctor, because yeah. I always wanted to make a difference and help people. Well, you certainly are in your own way. So if it were your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? It would include some oysters, a lot, a lot of oysters. It would include some lobster, probably a beautiful piece of steak. It would have uh, a large bottle of Predator, which is my favorite red wine that I have not been able to get because it's only in the States. Yeah, and probably creme brulee for dessert. But more importantly, it would include being eaten with my favorite people. I think that is what would make the meal the, like just taste that much better and, and be that much more nourishing. Oh, I love that. Who is a woman in history or present day you admire? Uh, it's so funny. I, I struggled with it. Like I didn't have a lot of personal mentors growing up and now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing women doing amazing things. But someone that's always struck me as just being so incredible was Maya Angelou. There's that story where she was hosting a dinner party and someone made a racist comment and she asked them to leave and didn't care how uncomfortable it was going to be or anything like that. And I thought like, wow, you know, it's, it's one thing to be an advocate and to stand on a stage and speak out against, you know, the, the big evils in the world and the really racist people. But I thought to do that in the intimacy of your home, to call out someone who may have been an acquaintance or a friend in this setting, to have the courage and the strength and to feel so deep in who you are and your values and what you believe in, to kind of be able to do it in that setting. Because I think that's where most people kind of fall short. It's the calling out of the friend that just has always just been so inspiring to me, to have such a deep sense of self and, and what she believed in, to be able to have that super uncomfortable situation be something that was like a no-brainer for her because of what she believed in and having that depth of belief just, I believe is so inspiring. And I like to think I have that, but I also it's, we're always working, you know, it's, it's something that I, I want to work on more and more. I'm a big people pleaser. Connection is huge for me. And I do question what I would do and what I would say in a similar situation. And I hope I would have the courage that she did and the conviction, but yeah, she was an incredible, incredible woman. Yes, Absolutely. Last but not least, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is a quote from Anna Quinlan, and I'm actually going to read it to make sure I get it right. I know the gist of it, but I want to make sure I get it word for word. So I read and walked for miles at night along the beach, writing bad blank verse and searching endlessly for someone wonderful who would step out of the darkness and change my life. It never crossed my mind that that person could be me. I read that quote years ago and it literally was like a smack to the face. Yeah. I had spent so much time believing, like whether it's a boyfriend that was going to change my life or someone else or hoping a mentor would come along, always thinking it was going to take someone else to kind of change my life. It was this huge wow moment when I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to change my life. And, and I still now you know, that reminder, like it is me. I'm the one that can make the difference in the world. I'm the one that can do the thing instead of waiting for someone else. So that quote definitely spoke to me. It was like a slap in the face. I was like, oh my God, it's me. It's like, what am I waiting for? So yeah, love it. Love that quote. And, and yeah, I think more of us need to kind of realize we're in control of our lives. We're the ones that program our happiness 
and and life. And we need to take the reins and own it and make our lives the thriving, happy life that we want to live because it's not someone else's responsibility. Absolutely. That is a beautiful wisdom bomb you just dropped (laughs) and a great lesson for not only us, but for our daughters. And we have four of them between us. So So if they do listen to this, then I really hope that they hear that. So, oh, that is a beautiful way to wrap up this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. I loved our chat. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for this incredible opportunity, this amazing conversation. I love what you're all about and what this podcast is all about. And so it's my pleasure and honor to be here as a guest. So thank you.